Okay, so you're telling me I have to pay $100 to get laid. Sounds steep. People who are successfully married never stop courting. That's the other thing. Oh, here we no, go. you never stop courting, right, Josh, tell me how to love. Let's go. Oh, you recorded the Jewish thing? Do we have to go with that? In this week's segment called How to Be a Fuckboy. Yep. Kids are expensive, too. It does not new. Kids are incredibly cheap. You know, my child costs 100 bucks a month to keep alive. My kid. 100 bucks. I like how his scale is keep alive. Welcome to Expectation Management, where we are going to teach you how to be happy. And the key is to manage your expectations. We're going to give you life stories. We're going to workshop that intro. We're going to workshop the intro. We're going to give you life stories that show how terrible our lives can be. But if you manage your expectations, everything comes around and you can control your own happiness. I love it. It's, that wasn't bad. It's too easy. No, it was not horrible. It's a good place to start. Good place to start. You know why? Because when you're the first step of expectations management is to ground yourself. Know your reality. Okay. <laughs> know where you are starting from. So you're not thinking you're up here, and you're actually coming in from down here. Um, so where are we? We are zero. Are we negative? We're probably negative. No, 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 no. I think we're. I would say charitably we're zero. Maybe a negative five, on a on a scale of scale of like negative six. No, up no, to a million. No, no, negative infinity to positive infinity. Right? right, negative five. You could always be worse than you are. You'll never be quite as good as you could be. That's the other one. Oh, man. Okay. Did you make that up? I'm dropping knowledge. Yes, I did, but it's true. No, it's true. You'll never be as good as you could be. Why? Because you could always have put in a little bit more. Theoretically. In that reality, actually is true. You, you can never be as good as you could be. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that's just a play on words, though. That's not like... It's a tautology. That's not a philosophical kids. masterpiece. That's just a play on words. It's a tautology. It's, it's true by definition. It's true by definition. Okay, so... Um, yeah, I think, uh, where do you want to start off? Today? So you spent a lot of your day today learning about probably the most interesting thing I've heard anyone learn about. It's really weird. Okay, so I, I have really gotten into, I know a lot of people are into fandoms. A lot of people get seriously into nerdy things. And I really find a lot of those weird and a waste of time. But, um, but there's one that I've, I've been required to, I've been required to pay attention to. So my child is really into Thomas the Tank Engine now. And, um, that has come with a whole bunch of things, right? You know, there's a TV show, you know, that originally the, the TV show is based on a set of stories that a man from England, a reverend, someone or other wrote for his son. So he wrote a set of stories about, uh, trains uh -huh. and it involves like this whole made up universe, not really universe, an island, the island of Sodor, which is brilliantly located right off the the shore of england near the lake district uh between the mainland and the isle of man which is actually a fascinating place that's the other place you should you should look into is the isle of man um i'm on my way no do you know that the, you know that the garage the auto garage on that dead man's curve by marie's heights in the auto shop uh on the back side of fredericksburg on lafayette no no come on dude you're going you're past marie's heights and you go around that tight bend toward the light on blue and gray and the auto shop is on your left here's the problem our listeners don't know where no, that it's is fine. our four listeners have okay. no idea where that is virginia marie's heights there's an auto shop in case you're marie's ever heights. to the wonderfully charming town Wait, of Fredericksburg, you can virginia. cut this out later but seriously <laughs> the guys who own that shop are from the isle of man which is one of the lesser known british isles it is an island in the Irish Sea that is um, barely inhabited. It's been barely inhabited forever. The British just kind of swooped it up, and that's why they're part of why they're called the United Kingdom. Anyway, the island of Sodor is off the coast of, of uh, 
the UK, well, in the UK, uh, between the island of Isle of Man and the mainland, and it is like this, a small enclave, ru- that is that is populated partially by these, I don't know, what's the word for something made like a human? Humanoids? Not humanoid trains. <laughs> they don't have arms and legs. You've seen Thomas the Tank Engine. The point is, I discovered a 58-minute video breaking down the lore and history of the island of Sodor, a totally fictional place. This guy who's very into trains, and I respect this. By the way, I want to get this out of the way up front. I really respect this guy because he obviously understands trains way better than I do, and he under- he, he developed this... Um, map is essentially what it is that's how like like the map of middle earth that you've seen all over the place now oh yeah super famous he developed a map for the island of sodor that unifies all of the disparate lore the original stories by the reverend the original six seasons six seasons or seven seasons of the tv show the new cgi you know reboot of the tv show there's a Um, reboot christmas specials other maps produced by the japanese who was asking for the reboot Look, I think I'm on the cusp of stumbling upon a very serious like subculture of Thomas the Tank Engine. Pe- you remember the Vine? Do you remember the you remember Vine? I don't have to tell you guys what Vine is. You remember You have to tell Gen Z what Vine is. So Vine was like better. T- it was like good TikTok. It was like good TikTok. It was it no it wasn't like it was good it was TikTok. TikTok with restrictions, which is what TikTok needs. Which is you well you need creativity needs boundaries. Needs boundaries. You have to have something to work within. So that's six seconds, right? Those six seconds Ooh, of video. Tight. tight. And you could create a lot of drama in six seconds. It's actually very impressive. Or a lot of comedy in six seconds. Or a lot of comedy. So um, do you remember those people that took the, the uh, is a video, is a vine of ravers set to a remix of the Thomas the Tank Engine theme music? No, I do not remember oh that God, specific wait. line. You're not pulling it up. I can't pull that up for you? No. I will show you later. Uh, Google it, people. The um, <laughs> This is the segment we like to call Google it. <laughs> no, this is great. This is this is what's really cool, is that these people develop this um, fandom, like very serious train enthusiasts, have apparently developed this fandom that created enough of a market for a guy to create a one-hour video where he retconned entire elements of the into a canon that had to like cut out parts and admit other parts and rearrange things and he developed this whole very beautiful you know beautifully graphically illustrated map of sodor so i've learned all about like the sheds at tidmouth and how they're not actually like the terminus of the main line was supposed to be knapford but it was uh, in the books originally tidmouth sheds which is still in his universe but it's actually not the terminus of the main line because that's ultimately what the shows went with they went with the terminus at knapford going out to victoria which goes to the mainland um interestingly he he broke down all of thomas's line thomas's branch line which is actually like the farklesford whatever line it's not it's not called Thomas's line, but no one can say Farklesford Dicton or whatever the name is. So they just call it Thomas's line. Um, he breaks that down and it goes into like this old abandoned mine region of this island of Sodor. There are these stories about places that like just never uh, they never existed and they sound like they exist is the crazy part. Um, so, yeah, that's what I discovered today. It was amazing. Who's consuming this? <laughs> That's the beautiful part, Jordan. Isn't it for kids? Not anymore. No. It's been... I think the first... So look, I remember Thomas the Tank Engine. I had a good friend growing up whose name was also Josh. And his brother, Paul, was... God bless him. 
uh, horribly, uh, horribly autistic. I mean, he was he had he had a real trouble um, getting him dressed. Most mornings was was a real struggle. But the one thing that you could always rely on to get Paul juiced up was Thomas the Tank Engine, and that was the first time that I saw that demonic face on the front of a locomotive that freaked me out. I have actual nightmares about Thomas the Tank Engine, like coming to my house and threatening to run my family over. Who puts a face on a train? So your 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 first experience with Thomas the Tank Engine was next to. A completely riled up autistic Paul. Yes, the poor kid. And he had, I don't know, he had like crazy uh, levels of sensitivity to things like that you and I are find totally normal. Oh, so his yeah. mom would turn on the, the microwave downstairs and something about the frequency, what he could hear he it or nuts. something, and he would go nuts, even if he was watching Thomas. So he'd oh. start raging, rip his clothes off, start throwing stuff. I did not know how to handle it at eight or 10 years old. So um, that, was, that was the context that so I saw. That's a bad Paul impression in. of Thomas. Oh, it had nothing to do with Thomas. But you associated, associated like you do. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Um, anthropomorphized, Jordan. Anthropomorphized trains. That's the word I was looking for earlier. Yes, not okay. humanoids. They're not humanoid. Thank God. Anthropomorphized trains. <laughs> so um, that was what happened. That was how I got started on Thomas. And then I totally forgot about it until, of course, I have a child, uh, a son who's very much more interested in things than people. So anything that puts anything that anthropomorphizes objects right yes we're actually into and he's into too right because for us it's, it's like more introducing some empathy themes of empathy and friendship into something that he wouldn't normally care about like wow. something he wouldn't normally care about into a, a, a situation that he does care about well that got trains. way deeper than i expected oh come on dude you, you gotta be multiple levels with me all the time okay it's part of expectations management never do anything for just one reason you know what see i completely underestimated josh when we came into this conversation and you know what now i'm blown away why and i'm much happier about the outcome so under, so i managed to underestimate people i it definitely leads right if you if you have low expectations for how something is going to go you can only be I would agree with you. I would only. Right? I would agree with you only as far as having low expectations does not stop you from adequately preparing for how good something could be. Right? Whoa! No, no, no! I don't want to expect good. No, I no, don't no, no, no. want to expect good. I don't want to be let down. If I even consider the good, I know I'm going to be let down. Hear me out. Not con- not expect. Just prepare for. No. Put it this way, right? You're going to go on a ski trip. You what? expect it not to snow, but do you still bring your skis? Preparing for good. Yes. You don't, if it's good, you don't, it's gonna, like, you don't need to react. Like, it's just gonna be a natural good. You don't wanna take advantage of it? No, you will, but you won't have to do anything extra. Am I wrong? My ski trip example, right? Right, Ski trip. You are going on a ski trip. Yes. You want to go skiing. You go to a place that you know is usually snow, but could also not be snow. You gauge your expectations by saying, look, even if it doesn't snow or even if the snow is just really crappy, like I'm going to still do these things. I brought a book with me that I like to, you know, to read. I got a good bottle of liquor, you know, girlfriend and I brought a movie, or but I'm there like to that. ski, but I'm there to ski. So I'm going to, I'm not going to expect there to be snow, but I will prepare to take advantage of the good by bringing my suit and my skis and my wax and my lube and whatever you ski people use. Cause I uh, dude, I don't know. You're going to stick pieces of wood on the snow and expect a slide. Do you know what happens when I do that? I just stick. Okay, I tried to go sledding recently. Uh, we had this the snow two weekends ago. I tried to go sledding, dude. I hit the ground. I hit the dirt. I shot off that thing. I was trying to use a board. I had scrap some scrap wood at home. I tried to use a board and I just shot off it. It was very awkward. I just love that you are a six year old right now. Why? 
Wait, no, no. I think my I think my analogy holds up. Let's let's stay on topic. I think my analogy holds up. I think you have to expect the bad, plan. Well, you got to plan for the worst too. Plan for the best. Plan for the worst. Well, you're just planning for everything. What are we doing here? Always be prepared. Boy Scout oh my motto. God. Yeah. No, fuck the Boy Scouts. Whoa. Yeah. Hot take. I'm sure they would like that. I'm glad. Now that they've admitted, you know, alternative lifestylers, their whole population's into that, dude. Alternative lifestylers? Yeah. They've they've they have welcomed openly and explicitly uh, trans and gay uh, individuals. So they want both and women, also women. So it's just the Scouts. It's just the they scouts. They changed the names to the scouts of America. Really encroaching on the Girl Scout territory. Girl Scouts aren't happy about that. Why? Um, they like their own thing. Okay. Wait. So can now Boy Scouts sell cookies? Put it cookies? this way. Put it this way. You had this organization that was I'm like asking the most important oh question. God. Can Boy no, Scouts sell cookies? No, no, they cannot. Why not? They don't have a. They don't have a double X chromosome. I don't know. Like, dude, I have no idea. Basically, you had this organization that was like, "We're the Scouts of America. We're gonna." model ourselves after the Hitler youth, but do it better. And then these girls came along and they're like, we want to do it too. And they're like, Frau Steppen over there. And um, so they said, they will make the Girl Scouts of America. And now the Boy Scouts are Indian giving on that whole initial concept and accepting, I know I'm mixing all the problematic uh, groupings, but anyway, that's what happened. So, so yeah, of course the Girl Scouts are upset about it. They should be. Um, Okay, so what did you want to know about? Wait, what did you want to know about uh, Thomas the Tank Engine while we're I've while already, we're still here? I already know too much. Well, this is the thing. Look, this is the thing that blew my mind. Okay, we get a book from the library. It's called um, How Little Engines Work. It's amazing, by the way. If you're into Thomas the Tank Engine, look this thing up. So um, it tells a story in like a side panel on one page in like a it's like a foot a footnote of a text box on a side panel of one page about how the one of the engines was rebuilt. Henry got a new firebox after he was built as an experimental engine. He had a small, supposedly higher efficiency firebox. The design didn't work, so he had to go back to a major repair shed at Crewe on the mainland through Victoria. Um, Victoria, Vicar Vickerstown, excuse me, sorry guys, um, to get repaired. And he got this new bigger firebox that allowed him to burn more coal and make more steam. And oh, he was, the reason he went to the repair shed at Crew is because he was carrying, he was uh, he was hauling the flying kipper, um, which is a, a truck, or what do they call it? Yeah, they call it a truck. Um, and he went over some frozen points, which I don't know if you know what points are, but they're the junction in a railway that is made up of two intersecting pieces that come together at a point, therefore so named, um, and allow a train to switch from one track to the other. So uh, he goes across some frozen points that caused him to go into a siding, which I don't know if you know what a siding is. It's a parallel track to the main track that allows a train to pull off to be passed by another train, stop for maintenance, arrest, etc. Do you want to keep going? Yes! Because that was all Phil, if you didn't figure it out. No, that was all this Phil, is great. And it this was is... incredible. Dude, you'd be great at radio. <laughs> Thank you. Where you have to do shit like that on the fly. I love it. Where I... Your host is getting called from corporate being like, hey, that last segment you did is going to get you fired if you keep it up. The, oh, he's... the whole Indian giver thing? We're going to get fired? No, no, no. I'm just all right, saying, I'll cover like... it with train stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this will save us. <laughs> Yeah, they'll all tune out and then, you know, they'll go to another station and they'll never know. Dude, that's my that was probably my favorite thing about Levitard show when it was on ESPN. Yeah. Is that they would do these segments and be like, Man, are we gonna get in trouble for this? And they'd be like, wait a second, no one at corporate's listening to us. They we don't, don't care, care about yeah, us. No, 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 no. There's a look, there's a certain value in being not important. Right. I never wanna work a big project again in my career. I learned that this year. Like I never wanna work a project that is a major concern for my organization. It's nothing but 
Oh, it's nothing but attention. It's attention. It's and it's needless. Like, hey, how can we get you more help? Yeah. And that help shows up in the form of extra people critiquing your performance. Extra people that get. And in the one way. of a, a great Yo, thing. What about a it? great lesson, people thrown onto projects does not equal more productivity. Right? Yes, correct. It's not even close. So, oh my God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal this from a famous YouTuber who's actually kind of a piece of shit, but I happen to hear recently say something that made sense. Jake Paul? No, and I'm not going to say the name of the person, but it's like if you're building a house, okay, and you're trying to build a house, you're the builder, and you got your team, and you got your materials, and you're like out there you know, building the house, and the, the architect calls you up and is like, hey, we need to get this job done faster. I'm sending you extra materials, and he sends you like twice as much drywall, twice as much wood, twice oh, as many- that doesn't do anything. Twice as many people. Yeah, no, it doesn't, because here's the thing. It's one floor is only getting built on the other. Only as so many people can hammer a nail at one time. Yeah. It's still a house. It's still going to take you- Yo. That I'm not ready for this. This no. This reminds me. Do you, did you ever watch the show Extreme Home Makeover? Okay, I was homeschooled and grew up without television. So no, so no. So Ty Pennington was the host of this show. I don't know who that is. That's okay. He's a shit. <laughs> okay. They would go around and people would submit videos and be like, "Hey, here's why my home sucks." Okay. My house has this problems. I work 17 jobs to like pay for this shitty house. I have 400 kids. Right? Like, come save me. And so they would show up. Four hundred kids. I'm exaggerating, but obviously. I have a lot of kids. Yes. So just like life is hard, my house sucks. He just shows up use... with condoms. <laughs> so he shows up with this team of people, right? And so they would then, all right, you guys go for a week to mm -hmm. Disney World or whatever. We're gonna with four hundred kids. We're gonna pay for you and your family to go to Disney oh, World. I know exactly. I know what show and you're talking when you about. come home in a week, your house is gonna be completely yes. renovated. Okay, which is terrifying because they would. I don't know. How do I know they did a good job? Well, so that's the thing. <laughs> oh no! Oh, I no. just learned this. It's unbelievable. So there was this huge track record after the fact where people were like, "Hey, you came in. You expanded my property, or you expanded my house, right? Like they extended it." which then raised the property tax value. Yes. And so all these people went into debt. Literally every person they went to, everyone went into debt trying to God. cover their taxes. Wow. And so then Ty Pennington ended up creating a thing to try to pay off all their things. Really? So yeah, good for him, but for oh, a very no, long time. Oh, good. Okay. It wasn't, until, it wasn't until it got uncovered by the media. Wow. Of course not. Yes. Of course not. But well, he could argue that he didn't even know, right? He was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Oh, but so they would, for a week, they'd have to renovate the entire house in a week. Yes. And they would just bring in, like, neighbors and, like, any, yeah. And so it's like, hey, could you pick up a hammer? Yeah, come in here. It obviously was bullshit, right? They're not actually doing no, it. No, they filmed three hours a day and had, like, crews of Hispanic people at night. Come in at night and actually do the yes. building. Right, yes, I'm exactly. Sure. I'm sure, dude. But they tried to do the same thing. It's like, yeah, oh just keep bringing, we gotta finish this. We need more no, people. Go no. down the street, yell so down unhelpful. the block, put Be flyers because out. Because you know what's happening? Well, they're doing that, right? At night, your team, your core team, is undoing all that work and yes, redoing, redoing all the, the real work. work. Do you know how many times I've rewritten a plan that got that was, you know, we got help on? It was not good. It's not been good. Anyway, why does this have to do with? Oh, oh, yeah, okay. So this goes back directly back to expectation, and I feel like we're hammering this one a little hard. Hammer it. But if you keep your, if you hedge, if you keep things small, if you work a small project that no one's ever heard of, you can only you can only go up. Like your reputation can only improve. That's right. Okay. Also that's when right. you take over a project that's defunct or just in really bad shape. Oh. It can't get more in debt, or it can, but it's never gonna go from, you know, it's never gonna go from 
$100,000 in debt. So are you recommending only picking up failing and defunct projects? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm Because you can only go up. I'm recommending, well, you can make your whole career. Do you remember the wolf from uh, Pulp Fiction? Let's talk personal heroes, Jordan. Personal hero. The wolf. Which one's the wolf? The wolf. Okay, so, oh my God, is his name not the wolf? I'm going to feel really dumb if this is not You got to go all in now. Okay, so Pulp Fiction, you remember the plot. Yes. This is a standalone episode, so I'll, I'll refresh for everyone. There's a suitcase, uh, and a man holds up a diner. I mean, badly explained. Careful with spoilers here. <laughs> badly explained. A man holds movie. up a diner, a woman overdoses on drugs, and a guy gets shot in a outside a bathroom. That's the plot. So um, I think Im- immediately following the guy getting shot outside a bathroom bit, there's a situation where some people are in trouble for shooting a guy outside a bathroom. No, shooting a guy in a car. Oh, here we go. Okay, I've ruined this whole movie. They accidentally shoot they accidentally the guy, shoot in, a guy the in the car. Yes. And now they have evidence of their crime everywhere. Yes. They work so they for an organization. They work for an organization that has access to a, a group of people with a very special skill set. Yes. This guy, the wolf. A cleaner. They call him. He shows up. He says, this is what you're going to do. So that guy's the wolf. He says, yes. Yeah. That's Quentin Tarantino playing the wolf. Yes. No. no, no, it's not Quentin Tarantino. There's no way. Tarantino plays the guy, they, the house they go to to yes, get it all he cleaned plays up. The guy. He plays the guy. He does not play the wolf. Oh, he's the guy that then liaises the wolf. No. Yes, the, yes. The yeah, wolf okay. is different. Oh, what's the that wolf? The wolf is a short Keetle. dude. Sure. Harvey Keitel? Oh my gosh. Can I finish? No. Oh, okay. The point is, he's like, you get me a cup of coffee. You get some bleach. You get some rags. Yes. He resources from what's immediately available. Keitel? Keitel? Sure. And he fixes the problem. And that could be your whole thing, right? That could be your whole career. And there's a part of me, I he's one of my personal heroes from cinema. The wolf. And I'm like, that is cool as shit. I would love to be the guy that just rides in mysteriously, fixes Wait. the problem, and leaves. Oh. And no one ever talks to again. You need to work for the mob. My God, I have the blood. I, you don't think I haven't been working on this? Do you know how defunct the mob is? Yeah. Although I know a company, if I called them today... I called them today. They think I was the CIA. But they, if I called them today, I'd be like, hey, I know what you're into. I would like to become involved. Have you seen The Irishman? No. Okay. I, I heard it was really bad. It's It has its moments. Okay. Of being good? And being bad. Okay. But. Yes. The main character mm-hmm. is what they refer to as a painter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Because they yeah, call yeah. him up and they go, hey, I hear you paint walls. Yes. And he goes, all right. I know what this is about. And then he shows up. And what he does is he paints walls with people's blood. So his whole, he's a hitman. That was the opposite of what I thought this was. Well, we already got you know. someone's blood on the wall. We no. need to paint over yeah. it. They say, hey, we hear you oh, paint walls. Okay. Hey, the, he, you know, can you come paint this address? Right. They go in. The guy's like, oh, that's the guy, right? All right. Goes, How do they tell? The what head. if the wrong guy's at home? Wrong guy dies. What, you just assume that no one's ever throwing a party? I'm sure they tell you, hey, he's 6'2", he's got a belly, no, whatever, right? No, that's rude. <laughs> First of all, sizest piece of shit. Okay, he has, he has a, a majestic form. He is a beautiful specimen, but he's very prosperous. Anyways, yes. So this guy, he would work between like middle of Ohio through all of Pennsylvania. Okay, maybe I, even up to Chicago where Capone was, right? Yeah. See, this is a guy who could have used a rail service, maybe an anthropomorphic rail service. Maybe an anthropomorphic rail service made of very friendly anthropomorphic engines. 
And you know, by the way, that there are multiple types of engine. Okay, so Thomas, the tank engine, it's a throwaway. Most people think it's a throwaway. He's called a tank engine because he has water tanks on either side of his boiler. This is very important. But there are also things called saddle tank engines. Uh, Thomas's ne'er-do-well friend, Percy, I don't know why ne'er-do-well, but Percy is a saddle tank engine. The water tank is distributed about the boiler like a saddle on a horse. I'm sorry. Look, I couldn't resist. Please go ahead. So he works from Ohio to like Pennsylvania. Damn, I wanted to see how long you would go if I just stayed okay, quiet. Okay, fine. So well, then it's too late also, now. The joke's ruined. There's also okay. that was the joke. The whole joke was you rambling about Thomas the Tank we'll, Engine we'll and me in. making faces at the camera. We'll hop in again. We'll, we'll don't worry. All right, we'll I'll get back to that joke some some other time. Go for it. Oh, I'm done. I have nothing else to say. No, you left me in a cliffhanger. He works from Ohio to like Pennsylvania. Yeah, he worked all through them, and he would go and paint houses all. But throughout. that's different than the wolf. Here's the difference. But he would he would clean the problem too. That was the whole thing. Is he would okay. do it and get out, and no one would know. There He'd are ways to fix evidence. a problem that don't involve killing someone. But once you've already killed oh, someone and yeah. made a mess, like there's something. There's a difference between hey, I want you to go perpetrate an action that is morally yeah, questionable, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then there's also then there's like oh look, we're in. We're already there. Like, the action's already been perpetrated. A mistake has been Can made. I ruin the movie for you? Sure. I'm not going to watch it, so go ahead. Oh, shit. I got to remember the guy's name first. Wow. Okay, so there are also things called tender engines, which are engines that carry their own coal and water along with them. And this is the conventional engine you think of when you look at the, like, old Western movies, right? Because you got the main engine out with the smokestack and the, and the steam dome and the bell and all that stuff. And then you also have that car behind it that carries all that coal. What most people don't realize is the coal is on top. The underneath is, is water, and it's actually piped directly to the boiler through the coupler, I believe. Uh, and there are a number of engines on Sodor that are, that are tender engines. So I believe Gordon... Uh, James and one of the other ones, but Gordon is like the biggest and the fastest engine. So you, I think he's like an eighteen wheel. You know Jimmy Hoffa, engine. right? Yes, yeah, he's buried under the stadium. What stadium is he buried under? Uh, the Meadowlands. Yes. Okay, I'm so, I'm pointing at you a lot. I really apologize. I'm I'm totally here for an aggressive. That's point. wrong. That's wrong. In most parts of the world, you can't point at people. It's seen as a sign of. Yeah, it's like doing that. Whoa. Yeah, it's bad. It's like really bad. Oh. There was this guy in a show. He was a study of symbols. That was his job. He okay. studied symbols. Oh, my goodness. I know exactly. Uh, what is it called? Emily uh, mind? Paris. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Emily in Paris? Uh-huh. Yeah, I watched it. not the show I no was shame. thinking of. I watched it. No. Okay. All right. Whoa. But anyways, Full circle. Wait. She was dating this French dude who was a professor of symbols, and he was a snob, and then she finally figures out he's a snob, and then... He's like, what? I don't understand what's going on. And she's like, oh, you're studying symbols? Study this. I bet you know what this means, right? It's so good. Wow, I loved it. So basic. Okay. I'm so gonna, basic. I'm going to bring this back basic. in. I'm going to bring this back in. Jimmy Hoffa. This. Oh, God. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Jimmy Hoffa. The whole, spoiler alert, the Irishman ends with the painter, Robert De Niro. Stop. Killing. Stop. Killing Jimmy Hoffa. Stop. Ah. Okay. And well, that's they this is apparently the explanation for the mysterious death and disappearance of Jimmy Hoffa. More to my point. And it's from this guy, the the main character. Yeah. He wrote a memoir, but it has been largely no way. Been, it's been largely disproven. No way. But oh, I the, believe. But so he still, took credit. He took credit for the He Jimmy took credit Hoffa for thing. a lot of things and it seems very convenient, but it still mm. makes for a really okay. enticing here's, story. Here's my argument. Is this guy a cleaner and painter no so he would go with the crew and so the, here's my argument okay so you want to be the cleaner the cleaner deserves the real credit do, do they get in trouble is that why you want to be it because it's kind of it's that's the dirtiest of the work 
But uh, they don't go to they don't go to jail. The cleaner doesn't go to jail, do they? Well, you never think about it. the cleaner is just aiding and abetting. Oh, aiding and abetting. And Ugh, no, I always forget about that. It, you dude, you're covering a murder. Number one. Although I would always fall back on, look, the place is really dirty. I have what a little if, OCD. What if, what if the murderer gets rid of the body and all you're showing up to is, is just the mess? Like, the mess. I'd be okay with that. I'd take that. That'd be easy. I wasn't asking if you'd be okay with it. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> okay. I was asking if then, if you, if I'm they wondering just, if this is gonna, is this a job interview? If they do not tell you the details, okay. Yeah. And they just say, hey, we need a mess cleaned up, and you show up. There's no body. You don't know. Do you? The right thing to do would be to report it if you were... Oh, you're saying in a scenario where I'm an actual cleaning service. Yes. And no one said... They don't say... Oh, I think you actually have a legal obligation to report to, it. To report. Damn. I think I'm you have a legal... You, I'm trying to get you your dream job no, here. No, 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 no. Let's call no. a lawyer. Let's call a lawyer. I could call one right now. I'm joking. Uh, she'd probably just put her kids to bed. So, no. This is what we should do. This is what we should do. So, um, we start a service where you... Are uh, you're not cleaning? You're remodeling. Number one. Number two. You're like, hey, I owned all these pets. There was a horrible accident. The gorilla got out and like murdered, the, like killed the python, and then that somehow released the ferrets, and they ran wild for a little while. So there's like hair and blood everywhere. And then you're like, I just need my house remodeled. And that's the thing, extreme home makeover, where you take like you close the house and you redo it in like a day or two because some of these things like here's the thing getting blood out of a carpet kind of impossible like kind of like once it soaks into the under matting right because there's for those of you who don't know carpet right has most of what makes a carpet plush is not the carpet material itself there is actually a padding that will go under the carpet and then carpet is applied with carpet tacks i'm sure you're familiar they're tack strips Okay, so so what you'll have is your subfloor, and then you'll have these tack strips around the periphery, and then some through the main members of the house that hold or the floor that hold the carpet and the padding to the ground. And so once you soak through that initial level of carpet, there's no real way to get. I mean, unless you have like a steam cleaner and a lot of time, uh, the way to get to that padding. And then even if it's under, the, what if it's under the padding? Right, then you've stained the subfloor, depending on whether that's wood or concrete, and then you're still you know vulnerable to bomb sniffing dogs or whatever they're gonna use now. Can I please, okay, so the symbology thing I thought you were talking about was the show about the guy who catches criminals through the micro expressions, he studies micro expressions, and that guy is the same actor who starred in Pulp Fiction, which goes back to my infatuation with the wolf because he's the guy who holds up the diner. The actor who holds up the diner in Pulp Fiction plays in a TV show where he is a psychologist who reads micro expressions. That's not the same guy. Well, I definitely thought that's what you're talking about. No. When you say symbology, you don't mean like, Re symbols people use or 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 um again micro expressions you're talking about you're thinking of tim roth sure see here's my problem i never bothered to learn the real names for any of these people i just go off of like what else they've been yes that is the man that's not the wolf no that's not the wolf i didn't say that was the wolf i said that's the guy who held up the diner go ahead search it the wolf pulp fiction harvey Thank you. That's, Harvey That's him. That's Harvey Keitel. He is so attractive. Let's he just is. talk about that right wow, now. Wow, he's gorgeous, right? Yeah, he's a, he's the Sir Topham Hat of Pulp Fiction's universe. And for those of you who don't know, Sir Topham Hat is very very bald, not at all like Harvey Keitel, but he is a hot. I think he's man. an Irishman too. Really? Yeah. Oh, figures. Yeah, he's great. Okay, so he's in. So him and Tim Roth are both in Reservoir Dogs. You've seen that, right? Yeah. Well, isn't that also no? Who made Reservoir Dogs? Tarantino. Okay, I was gonna say, isn't that also a Tarantino film? Uh, Dude, he uses the same like four people. Yeah, uh, it's kind of cool. I like it. I like his infatuation with um, 
Uh, oh my gosh, I'm blanking now. Uma Thurman. Yes, thank you. She's because she's amazing. I mean, the first thing I saw her in, let me think about it, was the producers, and that was totally a left turn from Tarantino. That's but true. Once I saw her in like Kill Bill, Pulp Fiction. I hate referencing another act of comedy, but there's an episode of Family Guy where they do a bit about Uma Thurman. And they go, yeah, my previous job was working on set where I was the eye wrangler for Uma Thurman. And it goes to her and her eyes are just slowly fading. And he would come in and... (laughs) It's so messed up. (laughs) Seth MacFarlane. so bad. That's so good. I love it. Dude, he's a genius. Do you know he should be dead? No. Why? He was supposed to be on the flight. I have heard this. Yes, because if 9-11 had happened differently or whatever he wouldn't have made family guy oh no 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 if if his day happened differently thank you his yes, flight that he missed because he got too drunk the night before was too hungover yes and his manager didn't wake him up in time yes and so he was late to the airport and so they were like hey sorry sir we're gonna have to put you on the next flight it's like two and a half hours so he's at the airport bar hair of the dog watching wow. the news as the plane's crashing into the Twin Towers, and they go, yep, that was flight whatever. I should know, but flight whatever. And he Which was, one? Was it Was it then? It's either the first or second one, right? That oh, hit it was the towers. in the towers. Yes. Oh, from wow. Bo- from, it was from Boston to New York. Oh, Well, it was wow. from Boston to L.A., I think, and it got hijacked to New York. Um, oh, my gosh. And he's just sitting there, and they announced okay. the flights, and okay. they go, all flights are canceled. He was just like, I was supposed this to be on flight. The, this is the best segue I'm going to get, because okay. there's one topic that you mentioned wanting to talk about. Okay. It's kind of morbid and on our theme. The on death theme. of millennials. Yes. And it was, was interesting. You've just discussed, you've just mentioned the one event that I think has defined us more, like as a generation, I think, yes. than any other event that's happened. I mean, we had a lot happen, right? Dot-com bubble. Uh, no, I'm no. sorry. Desert Storm. 9-11 is it. No, I'm saying, look, no, but I'm saying there's a lot, right? But now we're in the next generation's moment right now. COVID is Gen Z's moment. That's why we're done. Can we argue that it's affecting other people way harder than it's affecting Gen Z? Do you think 9-11 didn't? 9-11 affected everyone. It just imprinted on us because we were young enough and impressionable, yeah, which is fair. why it's going to have more of an impact on Gen Z and their psyche. I'll give it to you. Thank I'll you. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Which means this is a cultural transition where millennials will no longer be it. Therefore, False. the False. death of the millennials. False. False. It's already happening on TikTok. I'm Skinny jeans, not allowed anymore. Oh Determined by Gen Center Z's. Parts. Center, Center parts. parts are the thing. No more yeah. side parts. Chunky necklaces, chunky statement. Pieces. It's all, we're Can done, I, I dude. I want to make an argument. No, no, no. I want to make an argument. I don't care, though. That's, that's where I'm coming from. I don't okay. care. I don't care what an 18-year-old thinks of me. You can go fuck yourself. I don't care. He's so brave. Uh, can I jump in here? Yeah. I My argument is the fundamental flaw or the fundamental disappointment of the Gen Z thing is that they've made their whole brand out of distaste for another person. Good for them. We made ours out of a distaste for boomers. No, we, we wrote didn't. that shit. Into no, the this is the fun- no, this is the funny part. No, this is the funny part. No, the okay. Boomer meme. Okay. Boomer is a Gen, a Gen Z talking to a Gen Xer. Right. But, That's the thing. But we still Growing up, all we did was hate on the boomers. We didn't have did OK Boom. Yeah, absolutely. Wait, what? No. Yes. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's the whole millennial vibe is get out of the way, old people. Uh, That's our vibe. Okay, but we're not talking Which about Which is the gen- every young person's vibe, by the way. We're not talking the about the Gen X. But yet millennials get blamed for it. Yeah. 
from much. you fucking boomers, mom. And let's well, let's think about Love the you, fact mom. that actually, do you know which generation? Quick, multiple choice. Which generation has had the most sexual partners on average per year? Gen X. False. Boomers. Yes. Divorce by a lot. No, not divorce. Most Affairs? different sexual partners. Most different sexual encounters. So yeah, what? I was gonna make a bad joke. Please, let's know. Let's come on. No, you can't. You can't pull punches on this show. Which gender? I was gonna say me. Ha! Oh God, you're disgusting. Terrible. Okay. That's getting cut. No, we actually have some of the least sex. And hopefully, thank God. Hopefully, Gen, Gen Zs are all like too young, but I know they're not. Um. So, dude, I mean, there should be children. God, there, there are. That's there's already the next generation. Yeah, I know. Alpha, whatever you want them Please to be. Stop. Okay, so who cares? Who cares? I want to know. Fuck you, Gen Z. Do no, whatever you no, no, want. No, no. I we'll get know. out of your way because we're not stupid. We'll get out of your way when you need but it. Who's making a lot of money off of naming all these things? Like who actually? Who actually? Sociologists. Okay, well this is lame because I actually like did homework to get a degree. They are just having to name things. I'm sure they went to school for sociology and got sad. a degree and no, such. It's sad. Anyway. Could have been you, dude. You could have been naming generations for generations to come. I would feel really disappointed in myself. Me I too. Think. Okay, good. Well, as long as we've established that. So tell me. So okay. instead, you're making a podcast for approximately four listeners. I'm not doing it for the <laughs> listeners. I think we've established that. That's true. Right? That's true. We're doing this to amuse ourselves we and are. our moms. And our moms. Hi, mom. Which we can't show to my mom because you used bad words last time. Is your mom going to hate me for cursing on she my own do podcast? Cursing. She doesn't like that I called someone a dick. She's like, why would you put that image in my brain? Mrs. Taylor, right? Can I can I speak directly to Mrs. Taylor? You can. You should also apologize for using the, the, the what's the turn of no, phrase? No, that was last episode. It that sucks. doesn't exist. No, it sucks is something that really grosses her out. Because I've dropped the F-bomb at least five times already. She actually, I think, is less bothered by that because that doesn't conjure the same image. And she came out of a, a, a subculture in her time right the 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 gen x boomer time are we gonna have to cut this is your mom gonna be offended hearing all this i'm just saying if you want to speak directly to mrs taylor those are the two things you should apologize for go for it mrs taylor get over it no no that was not the right direction yes now we do have to cut this okay. we're not cutting it mrs taylor get over it people curse we're not cursing at you it's okay i don't think that's okay. it's just a word it's not okay word is a word too that's, you just say no, them. that's false look George Carlton, Carl, Carl, Carlin, Carlin, seven bad words. Yeah. Why are you trying to do his bit? I'm not trying to do his bit. I'm not saying those are bad words. They're just words. They're just words. Let's get back on the death of millennials. Deal. So you're fine with being over. Sure. You want to move on. No, I just like everyone has their moment. Okay. And we had we, ours. We had ours and I'm okay with moving on. I think as soon as we move on, we get freedom. And we get to start making the world our own. Right. Which is actually the really cool part. No, actually, no. It's, you, you, we lose, we're going to lose culture. We're going to lose pop culture. Okay, what culture did we make? Gig economy. That's what we're responsible for. Sure. Uh, yeah, I would love for that All to go these, away. Like, you know, fashion that was what it was in the la over the last 10 years. We made that. I transitioned directly from, like, college student to dad. So you I don't did. really know what fashion is. That's true. Wow, thank you. Thank you so much. True friendship over here. All right. You know who never has to worry about fashion? Gordon the Express Train. Do you know why? Because the painting and adornment of a train is actually called livery. Uh, it's That's the, the, the style of decoration. Usually re is, is um, 
constituted of a, a main color, your primary color, and then your accent colors, which are typically the outlines of the train. Now, one very unique example of livery on a train was the Art Deco locomotives of the 1920s. What they what they sought to craft was um, a a long, smooth, what metallic, would you do? not unlike a dildo um, type of sh- profile that was meant to I can't speed say through suck. the air. I can't say suck, and you have dildos you speeding that, through the air. Do you understand that a dildo is like one of the oldest recovered artifacts from human civilization? Carved wood, Jordan. Carved wood. How do you know it was used for dildo purposes? Oh my goodness, please. It was amongst, it was found amongst uh, fertility uh, goddesses, statues of fertility goddesses. And um, you what? know what I'm talking about. This is this thing's famous by now. But, but was ple- it looks like a penis, Jordan. They could have used it for other things. You're right. <laughs> the penis is good for a lot. Oh, my God, I can't. No. No, it's... They I recovered a penis? They recovered... A wooden a, penis? A, a, a polished, carved, polished... I'm sure they polished that one. Oh. I can't... Well, you and do... And scene. <laughs> you do wonder how it developed that hard lacquer. That's right, baby. Uh, Yeah, no, it's... I mean, it's that's history right there. So, culture. Culture and history. Um... The Art Deco trains, the 1920s, they were incredible. Back to Death of Millennials. Wait, hold on. I don't know if I'm done with cultural dildos. I think I'm still on there. Cultural dildos? Historical dildos. Uh, okay. Uh, do you know that they tried to treat hysteria in women in the 1800s with vibrators? That's how the vibrator was invented? Yeah. Uh, young ladies in the 1820s, 1830s about, were uh, developing cases of hysteria. And what did they use to vibrate it? Like a windmill? Like like electric motors. They developed, they took early electric motors and then they developed oscillators. Can we go back to a segment called Google it and someone correct this motherfucker? No, I, look this up. Look this up. Okay, how were vibrators invented? Man, I can't believe I have to teach you this. What does it say? What does it say? (laughs) 1880s. 1880s, fine. I was 50 years early. To relieve muscle aches. Muscle aches? Yeah, and hysteria. No. Yes. No. I swear to God. Uh oh. What? It it is. All right, fine. It's 1880s for women with hysteria. They. (laughs) Hysteria. Wow, you can't even get the name of the condition right. I'm about to come Moving at you. Moving on to a segment called <laughs> Jordan Reads the Internet Wrong. No, there are very few things I take as seriously as my grasp on the history of obscure sex toys. Okay? And I'm serious about this. More serious than I am as the, uh, about the lore of the island of Sodor. I'm just telling you. Okay? <laughs> why are there no women on that island? Why are no... There's, why are, there's no women on the island of Sodor? Uh, I, would, I would say... Okay, I'll say this very cautiously. There are no... Why is Thomas sexist? Whoa, dude. No, it's just a bunch of dudes hanging out on the train. You know, every train has two male employees, invariably male. The fireman. The fireman just a bunch of dudes hanging out on the train. Yeah, getting hot and sweaty, shoveling coal. Um, the fireman and the driver. The driver is responsible for managing the thrust and throttle of the of the engine. And the fireman is responsible for maintaining the a, heat a, and passion. A burning in the firebox. Burning which, passion of desire. If you don't know, is located at uh, uh, rearwards of the boiler and provides the main heat to the engine, creating the steam that creates, you know, 
alternating valves creates thrust. Anyway, so that um, was the most sexual thirty uh, seconds so of good. podcast history. It was so good. Anyway, I need a drink. The Thomas. No, 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 no. no. I was, I was joking. It was a bit. It was a bit. It's it was okay. a bit. I'm up. All right. So just grab it. Tell me about. Wait. So tell me about. Uh, We're back to the death of millennials. Yeah. I'm it's just, we're not, we're not prepared for what the next 10 years are going to be. Why not? Because we're, we're going to be out of date. We're going to think, we think this technology we see right now is the world. False. That's what we think. Okay. We think cell phones as they are is the world. TVs, how we consume things, social media. It's all going to, in the next 10 it's going to drastically shift to something we are not even capable of comprehending. Just like our parents were when computers started becoming a thing in the 80s and 90s. I'll make you, I will, I think you need to hedge. I think you need to say most My people, dad's been using a computer for 30 years. He's a college, ed, college educated man. You went to college. College. Yeah, serious. He's a college educated man. <laughs> yeah. And he still. Yes. Calls me. Oh, of course he Once does. a week. Of course he does. Drawer. <laughs> What? I can't get on my email. No, no. Did you press the email button? Oh, that's so oh. mean. Paul, I would never do that to you. I'd never disrespect you like that. Here's what I'm saying. 30 years, and he still has to call me. Fair. Yes, but okay, when are we? That's going to be us. Soon. A, no, there no. Will, how, how do you think we're just like, we're trained for rapid growing technology? Let me make an argument. Go. Actually, this is my argument. Okay, so one of the things you have to consider is that there's a quantum shift between even Gen X and millennials, but uh, primar primarily between boomers and millennials. Quantum? Uh, the, uh, there's a quantum leap. In, in a sense, it was a, it was a, it was a difference in uh, type, not a difference in level of complexity, right? So there's a difference in kind of technology. Yes. So technology went from primarily mechanical in nature to primarily electronic yes. in nature, which is a fundamentally you're talking about it's you're a talking fundamental about Newtonian difference. physics versus E&M. Yes. And that's that's a very weird animal, number 1. And and what if I told you? Yes. This sounds like an intro for 30 for 30. What if I told you? I don't that know. Tiger Woods will win the Masters. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tiger Woods has a custom wooden phallus that's made to be anatomically correct. That his ex-wife used to break oh. his windshield. <laughs> Which, honestly, how good a story. That would have been a better story would... than the Severn Iron in the windshield. Oh, that's what she used? It was a, she, she threw a club through his windshield. That's yeah. pathetic. Okay, no. I mean, that is on. That is perfect. Are no, you kidding me? No, no, I Actually, a sex toy would have been better based on the scandal that was unfolding. Especially if it were. This is. The... Do you know that was on Thanksgiving? Isn't that amazing? What a bag of dicks. What a that's a dick move. Watch the documentary and then go You're ahead. Me go he, ahead and point fingers he at really, him. He he she did that on Thanksgiving or he If you if you can watch the documentary thought, and not feel an ounce of sympathy for Tiger Woods, you are not a human. I thought she You have no sympathy in didn't you. Didn't she find out on Thanksgiving? I don't yes. know all the facts. This is a standalone podcast. You need to explain what happened. Succinctly. I don't need to explain what happened to Tiger Woods. Yes, you do. He's yes, the you do. icon of our century. I don't need to explain Tiger Woods right, to so the he people. He came out as gay, and Jordan really doesn't like that. <laughs> so, no. No, seriously. He was an adulterer, a womanizer, sex addict. Yeah, and? And it all hinges on his upbringing from his fucked up father. That's very sad. And I, I'm not going to go you know, classical psychology on y'all and say, hey, your environment is the only thing that 
causes you to Primarily, do something. It's, but it's heavily. Watch this documentary and see what the fuck his father did to him, and you'll be like, okay, I no so longer think. What he's does that have to do with Thanksgiving? Nothing. I was just saying that's the day that happened. We're we're the talking about we're talking about wooden phallics through windshields. That's the important conversation. That'd be impressive. That'd be really impressive. No, I would make a cast of his. Well, if I were her, I'd make a cast of his stuff. Yes. Be like, hey, baby, I want it for you know Valentine's Day or whatever. Get a cast of it, set it on fire, and then throw it through his windshield. Whoa. That would be. I mean, you want to be dramatic, right? Flying flaming dildos through windshields. Yes, it's a way to go. That or look, you either have to go big or go wide. Broad. Wide dildos? Broad dildos. N- n- hear me out. Thousands of little two-scale oh. replicas that you strew about. Strew about. The girl's house. It's raining way. mini dildos. It's raining men after, you know, a fashion. But, um, okay, let's get back on Death of Millennials. I, I don't know, dude. I don't know that there's much left uh, in this well. There but is not much. I I'm don't, I don't worry about it. I'm just going to tell you, no, in closing, this is like... At the top of my list of things that I literally never will think about again. Is yes. what, the death of millennials? Yeah. Good. Because worried. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Gen Z is going to hold it against us, and all we have to do is be like, okay. I don't care. We don't care. We're, we're adults. Get a job. I was thinking of, uh, you know, after last episode and watching it and listening to it and just the being that like, exist. right? Yeah. Sorry. Trial run. Our dress rehearsal, which I was watching back and listening to, and I was like, gosh, I mean, this is terrible, right? Yes. Audio is pretty good. We talked about funny stuff. Video, garbage. And I was like, God, like, rough. It's rough. But then again, just listening to the audio. Yes. I was entertained. Good. And I go, you know what pops immediately? It's two things. And I was like, this is actually a recipe for success, I think, anywhere. Okay. Uh, oh, God. What's the noun for genuine? Oh. The noun? Because I know disingenuous. Wait, genuine is a noun. Genuine is a ver- uh, adjective. What? Yeah. Okay. That was a, a genuine statement. Oh, adjective. Or, or this is genuine. That's an adjective. Oh, it's an adjective. Fuck. I don't know English. Genuity? What? No. Engin- Veracity? Genu- genuineness. No. You're, no, you're so far off. But like, what the hell is that word? Well, it's not veracity. Veracity means conforming to facts or being accurate. Not even close. Genuineness. That is the that authenticity. Is a, authenticity. That's the word you're looking for. Cut to authenticity. authenticity. No, you fucker. I got to cut to. <laughs> Go ahead. Authenticity uh-huh. and chemistry. Those are the two. Those are the two things that I think immediately on screen or on. on. Take it again. Take it again. <laughs> authenticity. <laughs> Take the whole statement. The whole statement. So for me, there's two things that pop 
in our like what we're prequel. Gonna, we're just gonna sit here for a second so I can bask in this. <laughs> oh man! I just need to soak this in. Really let this <laughs> How affect me. How awkward this is. <laughs> yeah. I need to sit in this for a second. <laughs> okay. Because I deserve it. Why? Because I have been terrible for the last 10 minutes and I need to just Why? sit in it. Because of this. I've just been a train wreck. So okay. now let me sit in it for four seconds. There are two things that immediately pop out. Okay. And this is something I've learned listening to other people that I admire. And it's something I saw immediately when listening to our dress rehearsal. Authenticity. I felt like we were just off the cuff. Yes. Dangerously so. I would say that's another word for not prepared. That's true. But dangerously off the cuff, just winging it, letting everything fly, which yes. I think is a good thing. I think it shows your true self, which I'm here for. I'm not, I don't want to be overproduced. I hate podcasts where it's like scripted. Yeah. Oh, and then it's like 10 minutes of graphics leading into it. Yeah. Like I just like, Show me yourself. And then the other thing that pops immediately for me is chemistry. Ooh. Yes. I think we have chemistry. And that's where I was like, you know what? It's I don't I don't need to think it. We do. Oh my God. It's okay. ev- it was evident immediately listening. This is great. Well, that gives me hope because the right. first thing had nothing to do with me. Right. No, that was that's awesome. But yeah, I th- and I think chemistry pops. That's which good. is why that the one my inspiration for starting this, hey babe, right? Yeah. These two, they're two comedians that I've always liked. And all of a sudden they're on this podcast. And I was like, I didn't even know they were friends. And then just boom, chemistry immediately right from the get go. That's cool. And I was like, oh, that pops. That chemistry pops. That's really cool. See, I, you've made me realize that one of the things I want to do in this venue is tell stories. Yes. Because I got to tell you the chemist you've, you've heard. Well, so I want to say for next episode. Okay. I'm going to come in. Teaser. I'm going to come in. Teaser. I'm going to come in with a bunch of questions because I already know a decent bit about your upbringing, and it is a weird upbringing. I'm going to hammer down. <laughs> Look, next episode is going to be how Josh became Josh. Josh's origin story. Josh's origin story. And I promise you, I promise you, it's a weird story. 